it's Phil Hyatt, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversations. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And we're taking it back to the 1990s today on Clubhouse Conversation. What's up? It's Davo, and glad you are along as we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals. Today, Phil Hyatt, former third baseman in the Royals system. He came up at that position and then moved to the outfield a bit later on. Phil Hyatt, originally the heir apparent to Kevin Seitzer at third base, was an eighth-round selection by the Royals in the 1990 June Amateur Draft, what turned out to be kind of a steal in the eighth round is by that next year, 91, by the end of it, he was the fifth-rated prospect in the Royal system and made it up to KC straight from A. Phil Hyatt, a guy that had a lot of power throughout his career, with the Royals clubbed 11 home runs, 48 RBIs, had a line of 278, 367, 645, and then would play for Detroit and the L.A. Dodgers and some time in Japan as well as some absolutely spectacular seasons in AAA when you go back and look at his baseball reference. All these 40 home run seasons, these 900 OPS seasons, it's quite impressive to look back at Phil Hyatt. And he joins us right now on Clubhouse Conversation from his home in Pensacola, Florida. Phil Hyatt, how you doing? It's going well. Uh, you know, after balling, I retired in, uh, in 05 and uh, came back home, me and my wife, uh, uh, we had we had a plans to uh, build a family entertainment center. So we came back to Pensacola and built a family entertainment center uh, where we have, you know, the big inflatable jumpers and slides and all that good stuff. And we do birthday parties there at the entertainment center. And, you know, back in my mind, I, you know, I knew I was going to do something with baseball with it, but really did quite didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I couldn't get away from the game, so uh, ended up, uh, you know, kind of turning it into a, a, a party slash baseball academy. So uh, that's kind of what I've been busy with within the past uh, couple years is uh, I built a, uh, a baseball academy here in town, the West Florida Baseball Academy, and uh, I've been, been doing that, and uh, it's been uh, been going good, you know, just uh, teaching kids and uh, teaching them about the game and um, you know, just uh, really enjoy it. You know, you can just, you just never get away from it. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. Well, you're working with a couple former big leaguers, right? Greg Litton and Scooter Tucker? Yes, I am. Yes, uh, Scooter's actually uh, get home from uh, instructional league right now, and then Greg, uh, Greg's with us every uh, every week uh, doing instruction, and we actually have a couple more guys, another kid, that, uh, player that just joined us, uh, Kevin Johnson, who pitches in the Angels organization. He's getting ready to go, you know, go back to spring training here for long. And then uh, a couple other big leaguers that are going to join us, uh, Tim Spooniberger, who uh, uh, he pitched with the Braves and uh, actually has a nice World Series ring. And uh, so we got a really, really good uh, bunch of uh, instructors. So I'm, I'm real happy with it. Yeah, Scooter, I remember him. He finished his career, I think, in Omaha, didn't he, in the Royal system? I, I think so. I think he did. Yeah, yes, love sir. that guy. Yeah. Love that guy, man. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. He's really good. You know, he does the catching stuff for us, and uh, you know, it's really good uh, having him doing that because, you know, it's one thing I really didn't know much about, but you sit there and listen to him talk about catching, you're like, oh, my goodness, yeah. I really don't I really don't know anything about catching. So it's really, really good to have all these guys that specialize in different uh, areas. So 
And family wise, I, I, if I remember right, you had triplets way back in the day. I'm assuming they're probably oh, way, yeah. way, way back in the day. <laughs> they're grown up, yeah, right? Yeah, tri- yeah, triplet girls uh, that are 16. So uh, you know they're uh, they're doing well, and uh, actually end up having a boy after that. I've got an 11 year old boy, so. Uh, the travel ball is uh, really uh, high on our list right now. So not only do I do the academy and all the baseball stuff, but have a travel uh, major baseball team that, uh, that that competes pretty good at a high level. And we do a lot of travel with that, uh, you know, Atlanta and, you know, Mississippi and all these places around here. But uh, we, uh, we really enjoy that, too. Now, one other baseball question about 2014. Are you following the, the Royals' improbable postseason oh, run? Oh, man. Exciting, isn't it? Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, that, that town is. I know, real, real excited about that. Yes, I have. So, you know, with the uh, with the academy and all this stuff, it's hard to watch games during the season. But you know, playoff wise, I really, uh, you know, you know, make some time just to watch the playoffs and watch the teams. But uh, man, I'm I'm excited for that town. I mean, it's it's about time, and I know everybody there is excited. And uh, you know, it's uh, I, I think you know. You know, looking back at the teams and stuff, I, I really think that they finally figured out, you know, the, what kind of uh, team to put together for that for that ballpark. Really, you know, Kansas City ballpark is a, is a big ballpark. You know, that's that's a that's a that's a hard park to hit a lot of home runs at. You know, so you know there ain't many guys that hit that been through the organization that have hit you know forty home runs there. You know, so you know I think now by them using that speed. Uh, you know that's really you know they've, they've got a good uh, good mix of guys there that uh, it's, that's going to probably win for years to come I would think. Well, let's hope. Yeah, the record for home runs here is still thirty six. Can you believe that in a season? That's crazy, <laughs> ain't it? I know it is crazy. So like I said, you know we don't have the thin air there in Kansas City. You know for that the Arizona has and some of the other ballparks. You know the domes. You know balls usually tend to fly well in the domes and. Uh, it's just uh, it's, it's just a big ballpark. It always has been, you know. Because when I was there, it was turf, and then I actually seen the transformation of turf to grass. That was that was that was neat to see, and you know everybody really loved that. So, but uh, fence wise, it's just it's just it's a big park. You really have to hit it well to get it out of there. Yeah, a lot of balls die. So yes, l- let's hit that rewind button and go back 25 sure. years. You ready? Oh gosh. Hope I can remember all that. <laughs> you, you went to uh, Pensacola Catholic High School, and, and then you ended up at Jefferson Davis Community College in Bradenton, then Louisiana Tech after that. So let's talk about high school. You were a first-team All-State in baseball as a senior. Who was your favorite team growing up? I'm assuming you might have been a Braves guy down there. Actually, I was not, if you can believe it. Uh, I had some my family was uh, kind of kind of from the Ohio area, so I was, I was kind of brought up to like the Reds. If you really? can believe it. No, I can't. <laughs> so I was a big Dave Concepcion fan, you okay. know. So yeah, I was a I was a Reds fan, and uh, uh, you know, watched you know Reds every time I could see him, and you know the George Foster and the and the Concepcion and Bench and all those guys. So I was kind of brought up uh, watching and then liking those guys. But yeah, Catholic High, I uh, played at Catholic, and uh, you know, for me it was uh it, it was a, it was a different process than than uh, most. Most players, I believe, you know, what I see now is, you know, when I went to high school, you know, my freshman year, I played JV baseball and was was okay. You know, sophomore year, sophomore year, I made the varsity club, but you know, really, you didn't stand out. You know, I was, uh, you know, I think I hit 290 my sophomore year, and then my junior, I hit 292. So that wasn't a big increase, you know, between my sophomore and junior year. You know, wasn't really considered a, a, a you know, a, a power hitter at the time, 
But uh, between my junior and senior year, really put the work in in the uh, you know weight room a little bit, and uh, just got a little stronger, not a lot, but I ended up having a good season in my senior year and was able to get a, a junior college scholarship. And that, that's really kind of all I was really hoping to do was just go step to step, you know. I went to junior college, and after junior college, I was like, man, I would really like to play Division One ball, and and that you know that happened for me there. And then when I got to Division One, I had such a, a good Division One uh, season that uh, you know it just you know uh, opened some eyes for some scouts. And uh, you know, I, I was always a late developer. You know, all these guys that I played with in, in, in around town, and you know, when we were 13, 14, you know, they were always bigger and better than me at the time, but. You know, they had reached a peak in high school, and they just, uh, you know, that was it. You know, they just they got to a point, and they didn't get any better. And uh, I just kept, you know, getting better and better. I just developed a little later than everybody else. Yeah. So, but the work in, too. I mean, and I, you were a, a first-team all-sunbelt performer at Louisiana Tech. Your favorite memories of your one season there? Oh, man, I think it was uh, really the, the, uh, the series that I had in New Orleans, in University of New Orleans. Uh, and I think that was the kind of got me on the map of being uh, being drafted. Was uh, I think I was like I want to say fourteen for sixteen in like a three game series, and uh, just really tore it up. And and the major league scouting bureau bureau was there, and uh, you know my you know coaches and stuff had said, "Hey, you really had a good series." And you know that's kind of when I caught wind that I was uh, had a chance to get drafted. I think I kind of remember that series and. And uh, doing well and hitting really well that that series and just you know just getting to play Division One schools the LSU's and Oklahoma State's and all that that was kind of neat you know because here I am going from a junior college here in Bruton, Alabama you know you can you know one light you drive to the town and then I go to Division One school and um, you know playing against really top uh, top colleges so that was that was that was that was fun. Now, what were you majoring in, and what would you have been if you never would have gotten into pro baseball? Do you think? I actually got into accounting. You know, I really liked the numbers and math, and uh, that's kind of my favorite favorite you know subjects was uh, was math and doing numbers. So I was kind of studying to be an accountant, and uh, but you know I always had a military background too. So I was my my family was a uh, you know dad spent thirty years in the navy and stepdad another twenty something years. So you know I always had that military background. I always thought well I could always fall fall back on doing something in the military too, but. You know, I really it was it was not until that until Lotec year that I really you know had really even thought about. And I always everybody has a dream of playing Major League Baseball. You know, everybody does as a kid, but you know, you, you sometimes are realistic and say, ah, you know, it's it's pretty hard to do, and you know, it depends on how well you do. But you know, I had such a good year that year that then it kind of clicked in my head. Well, man, I got a chance to be drafted and you know maybe make my way up to the big leagues. You know, that was kind of really the first time. That I really had thought about that I you know had a chance to play. That's you know? yeah, that, that's such a cool story. So you got drafted in in the eighth round then of the nineteen ninety draft. It was Ken Gonzalez that kind of found you and signed you from the Royals. So I mean, you kind of you mentioned that series in New Orleans. Was do you? I mean, do you remember a specific time where you where you met with the Royals for the first time, or they saw you for the first time? Not really. You know, it wasn't until you know it, you know just uh, I heard I and mean, I know Ken had knew you know my head coaches from uh, from La Tech. And, uh, you know, he, he had talked to them a little bit, and, and they had kind of mentioned to me about that, you know, that I had that, – and I actually knew before I had got drafted that the Royals were going to try to, you know, get me. So, you know, that was kind of neat knowing that, and then, then it happened. So, um, you know, it was just, uh, you know, and that, you know played third. You know, it's funny because, you know, I got to La Tech, 
and hadn't really played much at third. You know, when I was in junior college, I was kind of more over the first base. And uh, it was actually a scout here in uh, in Pensacola area that actually uh, called uh, the La Tech coach and said, hey, there's a kid here that needs to play some third base. Uh, you got a spot for him. And then uh, I forget the name of the guy who played at third base before me, but he had got drafted. So he kind of opened up a spot for me. And then uh, I ended up uh, going and visiting the school. It's kind of crazy because, uh, funny story, I went and visited the school and it was during exam week. And I'm going to La Tech and I'm like seeing nobody, nobody on campus. Like, oh my goodness, there is nobody here at this school. Of course, I'd be studying his exam week, but I was like, I don't know about this. But uh, I ended up, uh, you know, it was away from home and just kind of wanted to want something different and I uh, ended up uh, deciding to go there, and it was, it was the right thing to do. Yeah, well, eighth round, like I said, you get drafted by the Royals. So think back to draft day. Where were you at? Who was with you? And then was was the eighth round about where you were expecting to go? Well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, any round at that time was, was fine for me. You know, I wasn't really complaining. You know, it's back then, you know, it was, man, I just, I just got the opportunity to play. You know, it's funny because uh, my dad was in town, and uh, I remember meeting at a, a hotel. The uh, uh, Kenny had a hotel here in Pensacola, and, and uh, sitting down and eating lunch and stuff, and then just talking to him. And you know, they you know they gave us our you know the offer, and you know, not being a very you know smart person with the offer, I was just so excited about getting drafted. I took the first offer. You know, I didn't negotiate anything. I, you know, I wasn't even worried about that. I was just, uh, I'm taking that, and, and I'm, and I'm going to go with it. So it was kind of funny, you know. And then, then I go to go to uh, uh, you know short season. I'm seeing some the guys that I play with in uh, in Division One, and uh, talking to them, and they were you know drafting the same rounds, and um, and they're saying, oh, you know, kind of mention the money comes up. Oh, what'd you get? What'd you get? You know, it's like, and you know, they got double of what I got, which <laughs> I didn't care. But it's like, oh, I really didn't do real well at draft day. So, uh, but it was kind of funny. That's great. What? Uh, yeah. So, what did a kid from Pensacola, Florida, know about the Kansas City Royals in 1990? Not a thing, really. Yeah. You know, I, I you know didn't know much. You know, went to short season, Eugene, Oregon. Um, you know, that's right way across the world for me. You know, that's that's you know once I got drafted, that's when the traveling started, and uh, going to Eugene, and uh, it's you know different town and almost a different culture over there, and. And had a good season, you know. I think it hit like I want to say two ninety eight or something like that. Yep, sixth uh, in the league. Huh? You were sixth in the league. That's right. <laughs> sixth in the league, and uh, you know that's the first time using wood bats. You know, you know, for us back then, you know, there was we didn't use a lot of wood bats in college and stuff, and and not like they do now. And uh, it's the first time picking up a wood bat and, and swinging a wood bat, and I think what I have two home runs or something like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, 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 two home runs. So you know the power wasn't there, but you know. It's, you know, hit 290, but you know they saw something, and and uh, you know it's funny because uh, you know if I hadn't done that, you know I get the spring training that that next year, and and I'm seeing all the guys that I got drafted, and they're going into the office getting released. You know, it's very you know once you get the you know good thing that I had good short season because guys that I played with for that short season they they didn't have a good first season, and heck, you know that they're kids guys are getting released, so um, you know it was that was the key for me to have that good first year well also about that first year you were also voted the best defensive third baseman in the league so i wanted to talk about that because i didn't realize you hadn't played third until a couple years earlier so how did you pick up the position so quickly well you know who helped you out there and did it just feel comfortable for you right off the bat gosh 
you know, it's I mean, that's that's a that's a really crazy story, really. With with third, you know, I was never really taught how to field the ground ball correctly, <laughs> which is really crazy. I mean, I had, you know, looking at my career, I had it, you know, God given abilities, and and I had God given hands as far as bat speed, and I had a really great arm, but it was just just raw, it was just raw talent there at the time. You know, I had a pretty good glove; I could make some plays. But I really was never taught, you know, the actual fundamental of how to fill the ground ball correctly. It was really, you know, it wasn't until, and honestly, I say this, it wasn't even until I was in and out of the big leagues that I really learned correctly how to fill the ground ball correctly. <laughs> that's, I mean, nice. that's sad, really sad to say, <laughs> you know, that's just, you know, bad on my part. But, you know, I, 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 I should have, you know, asked a little bit more questions of, of how, you know. But in, but you know it wasn't you know I, I was able to do well, but uh, you know that that first year I did have a pretty good season. I could make the plays, you know. But uh, you know when I got to Kansas City in '93, we'll talk about you know how I got up there. But uh, you know '90, I was in short season. '91, I made the jump to all the way to uh, the short A season. Yeah. Okay, so I'm in Florida State League playing there. Uh, great manager Carlos Tosca, you know he's been with the Braves for years. Uh, you know, he uh, he really really kind of mentored me along a little bit, but uh, I got up to you know double A and heck, I found myself in the big leagues and double A, you know, from double A. So that was that was a that's a pretty big jump for me. Yeah, well, like you mentioned, so ninety one, uh, Florida State League, you were voted yes, the league's top prospect in the entire league by the league's managers. You hit three eighty one in May. And then mm-hmm. you were Royals minor league player of the month that May, and you got moved up. So before we talk about getting moved up, you know, favorite favorite memories of Baseball City. Ooh, favorite memories is that hot turf. Gosh, like, you know, it was all that. The baseball City was that turf, and it wasn't Baseball City wasn't the bouncy turf. So it was. Uh, I don't know what was underneath that turf, but it was the ball would hit and just stay down. <laughs> you know, and other memories are uh, that was a big field. <laughs> You know, it reminded me of Kansas City. You know, I guess they kind of, you know, mimicked after, you know, Kansas City field because it was a big field, not a home run hitting park at all. And I remember, uh, you know, many a times to be on that turf and my dang cleats almost melting. <laughs> you know, that's how hot that that, 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 that that turf got. So it was a very, very uh, hot hot league to play in. And, uh, you know, the travel was good. It, you were, it traveled real far. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, I remember doing well that year. And, uh, you know, I used the big fields because all those fields down there spring training were pretty big so you know most of the fields the florida state fields were the spring training fields of the big clubs you know so i was able to use the big size fields and hit some good you know gap shots and uh, use my speed you know that's what the one thing that i did have that nobody really realized that i, I could run for my size yeah. Well, now another question about Baseball City because I never somehow made it down there, which stinks. Before they tore it down, but you know now, uh-huh. now it's like an office building or something. But <laughs> but uh, uh, but by that time, you know when you were there, I guess it's still pretty new. But I, I think that the you know boardwalk and baseball was gone, so that was shut down. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you always hear people say by the late '90s and mid '90s it was just like a ghost town, and there'd be nobody. Did you guys actually have like a fan base there? Was there fans there or not really? <laughs> There was, but like you said, it was, it was very few and far between. There wasn't many, you know, many people. Uh, you know, with spring training, though, you know, we had all those, you know, the snowbirds were down there, and then, and they would, uh, you know, a lot of them would just come to the games and just go from, because we had Lake City was right there, and uh, you'd go to Orlando, and you could, so they, they were all pretty close. Uh, 
you know, right there, and uh, Winter Haven was right there. So, you know, they would just travel from park to park and watch games. So you would have a pretty good fan uh, for spring training. But after that, you know, when when the season started for the State League, there wasn't much. You yeah. know, there really wasn't much fans, maybe uh, maybe 500 at the most, I would think. Wow. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, it was a... It was tough, uh, you know, getting up for the fans there because it was hard fans to get up for. <laughs> well, you you were uh, you know in the All Star game, like I said, the Florida State League, and then you went to Memphis. You finished that year. You were the number five prospect in the Royals organization that year. So, were you kind of looking back? I mean, you kind of feel like you weren't, you know, you you, you know, you kept advancing at a late age. You got better year by year. Were you kind of surprised at that point? I was just because of how many how many you know players that they have in the organization, and you know seeing. You know, seeing the good players that that come through, and and they, you know, have me tainted as fifth was uh, was pretty pretty special. And you know, you'd see it in the magazines and stuff, and the, the newspapers. And you know, you 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 know, I, I never let it get to me. You know, I never let it get me a big head or anything like that. That was one thing that I was very superstitious about. You know, was not letting that or you know showing that type of uh, you know that cockiness. You know, when I when you know. I just didn't do that. I didn't feel like that was the thing to do. You know, I didn't didn't even talk about it at all. You know, I, was, I just uh, kept to myself. You know, I was, I was, that's the type of player I was. Even you know, even when I worked and stuff, you know, I would you know go in cage and work and just you know do my thing. And um, you know, I just didn't wasn't a, a rash player when I played. You know, so I, it, it didn't really. You know, I thought about it and I was I was looking at that saying, well, gosh, they they got me fifth, so maybe I do have a chance to get up to the big leagues. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking about was. Well, God, if I'm fifth, and you know, maybe I'll get a shot at some time. You know. Yeah. Well, you. I guess you're running on a streak here of playing at places that no longer are Royals affiliates. So Eugene's gone, Baseball City long gone. <laughs> so Mem- Memphis, of course, is gone. But how'd you like playing for the Chicks? Oh, I loved it. I loved Memphis, and I actually just went back uh, not even about uh, three weeks ago and uh, played in a tournament with my with my 11U team, and uh, it was in South Haven, which is right there at Memphis, and. Uh, Went by and showed my boy the new ballpark, and uh, you know, and uh, uh, but I loved Memphis. Uh, you know, the the old park, Tim McCarver Stadium was there, and you know they had the Bo Jackson's home run up in the left field bleachers. They you know, had this big red painted, you know, uh, uh, bleacher, a uh, little seat up there that had Bo Jackson's home run, and it was just kind of neat. That was another turf field, and uh, it was a nice, nice little stadium, and. Uh, you know, enjoyed my time there. I was there quite a bit. You know, I was there in uh, 91, 92, and then I actually went back in 94. So yeah. uh, it was, uh, I, I, I know the town pretty well. <laughs> well, yeah, you, yeah. So 92 had to be exciting for you, too. Now, you got invited to your first big league camp as a non-roster player there in 92. So your first yeah. big league camp in 92, did, I mean, you, I'm assuming you learned a lot. Who were some of the kind of helpful guys that took you under their wing? Oh, Lordy, uh... 92, I'm trying to think who all, 92 was 93, was all the guys there. Well, you know, Hal McRae was our manager. Um, so when Hal was there, uh, we had Brian McRae and, you know, all those guys. I'm trying to think who was all there. I know more about 93 than 92 because <laughs> I got called up in 93. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just remember being almost overwhelmed, you know, uh, just just seeing these guys on TV and here I am in spring training like, oh, my goodness, look at these guys, you know. And, and the thing with the guys that are in the big league is those guys are so nice and, and so helpful to you because, you know, uh, they've already made it. You know, you, you get you're, when you're in your minor leagues, it's pretty much you're, you're all for yourself. Unfortunately, that's how it is. You know, of course, there's a team, you know, 
stuff. But you know, as far as you're in, you know, in big leagues, uh, you know, they're already made it there and they've, you know, already established themselves. So they're they're, they're more helpful. You know, in the minor leagues, you're trying to get to the big leagues. So I just remember, you know, the 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 uh, you know the clubhouse, how nice the clubhouse was, and traveling to the spring training games and. You know, that's just the, the, the things that, you know, the, 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 the nice perks that come with being in a big league camp, you know, not having to go down to minor leagues and fight for a bowl of soup, you know, with uh, 400 people, you know, <laughs> you know, get nice little spreads after the game. And, you know, it's just uh, just a whole different uh, different ball game up there. Well, you took that spring training and turned it into a ridiculous year. You had 29 home runs combined between Memphis and Omaha. You drove in 87. You were voted the best defensive third baseman in the Southern League by the managers. And then you also led the entire Royal system in home runs and RBIs. You got added to the 40 after that season. So when you look back to 92 and mainly playing in Memphis, I mean, how much fun was that year for you? Oh, it's fun. You know, when you, when you have years like that, it's almost like a blur. You know, the, the baseball is almost like a blur. You don't even, you know, you don't even remember much. It's like you just, you just know that you, you were, you know, totally focused for the year. You know, you could go out there, you might go over two, but you know, the, the next two at bats, you might hit a home run and might, you know, get a double or something. So, you know, when when you have years like that, and I've had a couple years, few few other years like that, it's just uh, the focus is always there. There's not a lot of slumps. Uh, but, you know, at that time, too, I was still learning. I mean, this is my first full season in double-A, and you're still learning, you know, learning yourself as a hitter and learning yourself, uh, learning the other pitchers in the league, and you're facing a little bit better pitchers because you're getting up in double-A and, and guys are throwing a little harder and a little bit more uh, off-speed pitches. And uh, so it's just, uh, you know, the only thing with that, with, that, with that league was, you know, the travel was a little rough. You know, when you're taking a bus ride from Memphis to uh, – to uh, Orlando, you know that's uh, that's a long high, a long long bus ride. So the bus rides, the bus rides in that league were a little tough. So the you know, the teams are really spread spread in that league. So that's that was probably the worst part about it. And, and everybody will tell you that the Southern League travel was tough. But you know, like I said, if you're having a good season, it you know it makes it a little bit better. <laughs> Yeah, well, and keeping with a good theme, 93 rolls around. So you go to big league spring training, you're hitting 356, just mashing the cover in 93, but then you get let down, I'm, I'm assuming, because you got sent back to Omaha, but you never appeared yeah. in a game in Omaha because <laughs> Keith Miller got injured before the season started. So you got recalled to Casey April 7th of 93, and you made your big league debut that night. Yeah. How special and how much of a whirlwind was that day? Oh, gosh, I remember being in, being in Omaha and, and, and going out and stretching and you know, getting ready for the season. And then, uh, you know, the manager called me in there and said, hey, listen, you got called up. I'm like, really? You know, I was, I was very, you know, very excited and, you know, almost a little nervous, you know, as, as everybody is. You know, everybody said they weren't nervous. Yeah, they're nervous. So, you know, getting to Kansas City and uh, being in that clubhouse and looking around and seeing the players, you know, like, oh, my goodness, there's George Brett. Oh, there's thing. Wally Joyner. What, what the heck? Gagney and uh, you know, Jose Lean and uh, Brian McCray and McFarlane and uh, Maine and all these guys. I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, this is, you know, of course I saw them in spring training, but now it's a real little, bit, little different. You know, we're playing in the big leagues. So, uh, you know, here I am this, you know, you, know, you look at it. I hadn't even been, spent any time in AAA. You know, I'm an A-ball, double-A, big league, you know, so I'm not even really seasoned really in the minor leagues, and here I am in the big leagues. So 
uh, you know, a little more nervous than anything, but you know, uh, just was excited to uh, to play and uh, you know, hopefully, may help the team out at the time. You know, because I was a little nervous that you know my situation where I got called up was you know with Keith hurting his hamstring and uh, me getting called up. I just wanted to do well for the team. Well, you did. You spent almost the entire 93 season up there in KC. Your first hit was against Joe Hesketh, your second day in the big leagues, first home run three days later off of Kevin Tappany. So um, do you remember that first home run pretty well, and did you get to keep both I, of those two balls? I do remember that. And, you know, I remember my first game was, I think, against, uh, was it Frank Viola? Yes. I believe. Yes. I think I struck out three times. It might have been four. I don't know. But he was throwing that nasty changeup up there. And, you know, when you're so excited and you're, you know, wanting to get your first hit and, you're just chasing balls that you that you shouldn't be chasing, and uh, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with that. But uh, you're getting the first hit. I think actually it was a broken bat hit. I think I snapped my bat. I actually still have the bat that I that I uh, that I got that hit on in the ball, and then the home run. It's funny, you know, Tappany, uh the home run off him is funny because I hit a couple more off of him uh, that year, I believe. And it's funny because I really saw the belt with the ball uh, well off him. And he actually, you know, talked about how, you know, he he really hated facing me. It was funny because here I'm this rookie, and he didn't he didn't like facing me because I just I really hit him well. So, uh, yeah, those those were special moments, and um, you know, your first home run and your first hit, uh, it's, uh, it's it's special, and um, I I remember that, you know, like it was yesterday, really. Did you get to keep the home run ball off Tappany, the first one, or not? I think so. I think someone did give me the ball, and someone went out there and got it. So uh, that's, that's great. Uh, yeah, I still have the ball in the in the, in the first hit ball. So now, that was exciting. Another uh, clutch home run that year. I'm assuming you probably remember Randy Johnson. The Royals win two yeah. to one on a Phil Hyatt two run home run. <laughs> I do remember that. You know what's so special about that was you know I was seeing the ball really well off him. I think I had a had a hit or two uh, off of him before that home run. And I'm in the dugout, and George is in there, and, and I'm I'm kind of saying something. And I said, "Man, I'm really, I'm really seeing the wall well." And he, and he says, "Well, this next time, you know, George didn't say much, you know. George led by example, you know. If you if you watched him and how he went about his business in the clubhouse, and and how he prepared himself for you know each game, you know, he just uh, you know, and when he retired, he was he was still raking, you know, he still could hit." He probably could have played a couple more years, but, you know, body-wise, was, you know, it took a toll on him and stuff. But, you know, he was in the dugout at the time. He said, you know, Phil said, this time when you go up to bat, he said, don't try to hit the ball far, just try to hit the ball hard. I'm like, okay, what this? You know, I kind of sat there and looked, thought about it. I was like, don't try to hit it far. Okay, I was like, don't try to hit home run, which I never did, but just try to, you know, meet the ball and hit it hard. Okay. So I ended up hitting that home run, and, uh, you know, he takes great to this day. He still takes credit for that home run. Every time I see him, he says, yeah, I remember that. I told you so. You know, that was kind of neat. That's a good little George Brett story. But, uh, you know, just being around him and, and being a part of, uh, you know, being around, you know, him as a, you know, being a Hall of Famer and all those other guys that I play with and played against, the Ripkins and the Puck, Puck, you know, Puckets. And uh, that was just a very, very special year for me. June 9th against the Yankees, another big night. Five RBIs, you singled, you doubled, and homered. Is, is that the closest you got to a cycle ever? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was the closest. And I think uh, that was uh, uh, Buck Showalter was the manager at the time. And, uh, you know, Buck, uh, Buck is from around this area. And, uh, you know, I actually, you know, years years ago he talked about that uh, at the time when I was that the Yankees actually were trying to get me in a trade. So that was kind of neat to hear, and uh, but you know, Royals wouldn't let me go at the time, so that was kind of nice. But 
uh, yeah, I did. I remember uh, one of those games against the Yankees too. I remember a, a special home run off of uh, Jim Abbott. Uh, I hit a ball uh, to Oppo in the, in the bullpen, and uh, I remember my there's a runner on second base, and my uh, third base coach come over and told me, "Hey, there's no outs. We need to try to get him over here." You know, hit a ball the other side, and and I was able to uh, to uh, hit a ball uh, out, you know, out to the right, right, you know, out of the bullpen over there. So that was kind of neat doing that against the Yankees. But yeah, I actually hit hit well against the Yankees. That was a, that was a team that I really hit well against. That's cool. So you spent a couple of weeks in Omaha at the end of August of that year, but you finished in September. So you head into 94, and then you have the completely fluke thing happen. On March 25th, you got sent back to Omaha. You had your wisdom teeth removed, and it turned into a bad sinus infection and put you on the DL. Yeah, it got all infected, and it just was a, it was a nightmare, just a lot of pain with that. And basically, you know, dry socket where it gets all infected, and sinuses got messed up, and oh, it was just a... It was not a very good beginning to the season, so you know. But uh, you know, in '94, uh, you know, then they ended up sending me back to Double A. Yeah. You know, I ended up going back to Double A in '94 because we had some guys that were up there playing, and they you know, had that kind of stuff. So you know, in, in you know, going back to the '93 season, you know, I had a had a good season. Uh, uh, you know, not too bad for rookie season, but you know, like like a lot of people do, you know, they go up there and they uh, they hit well. And then uh, you know, come later in the later in the season, your teams start freaking out and you know, start start uh, throwing to your weakness. And uh, you know, when I talked about the, earlier about fielding wise, you know, I had a really struggle that year fielding wise. You know, not you know, not as far as you know, uh, just just some of the regular plays. I mean, I had balls that were clanking in and out of my glove. You know, that that turf was fast, and I had balls hit my glove and kind of you know get knocked out and. You know, it was just, that that was what I was talking about. You know, as far as my fielding fundamental, you know, it was the way I was holding my glove at the time. You know, I'd have my hand, my hand more cupped to where the ball was hitting in my palm of my um, of my glove. Oh. You know, instead of having my fingers more down towards the towards the ground, where I catch where I would catch that ball into my pocket of my glove, which is the soft part of the glove. You know, that was just a, that was just a little adjustment there that. That I made, uh, you know, in '96. So we'll go into that, but uh, that I that I learned how to really actually feel. But you know, I went back to uh, had the sinus infection, and then ended up going back to Double A because they wanted me to learn how to play outfield. Yep. Yeah. Well, you hit yeah. 300 yeah. with 17 home runs and 66 RBIs. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the outfield. Yeah. So, were you okay with that? What was your thoughts on that? Uh, a little disappointed in it. You know, not you know they, they ended up getting Gagney. You know, and and uh, from uh, Minnesota, I, know, I think it might have been with the Angels at the time. And uh, Greg came over and really, you know, he had a really good season with the with the Royals. And uh, you know, I was okay with it as long as you know, as long as they were thinking future wise, me playing outfield. I actually thought it might be a little bit better for me as far as you know, not having to worry about the infield stuff and maybe concentrate a little bit more on hitting. You know, but you know, that was really the first time that I had I had ever ever played outfield. So, you know, you thinking that you could go out there and learn how to play outfield that quick, you know, just, you know, letting people know outfield is not an easy position to play. You know, it's just, there's ways that you run to the ball and, you you know, ways that you, you know, routes and drop steps. And, you know, being a good outfielder, you know, it takes a lot of practice. So I had to, you know, bust it in that whole year just to learn how to play outfield. So it was, it was, it was tough. Now, that year also, of course, the baseball strike completely screwed things up for the Royals, who were about to make the playoffs, of course. Mm-hmm. But, you know, ended the season early. I mean, how frustrating was that baseball strike for you? It was just, uh, you know, the strike and then, 
you know, then had all these, you know, guys crossing and, you know, hearing some, you know, players being asked to cross and, you know, just uh, I was almost on my way, hopefully, you know, to, to me to get back up the big lake. You know, I thought I was going to definitely get back up there, you know, because I, I thought I had done well enough to get back up there and, you know, just it just cost you some time up in the big league. So uh, that that was that definitely was frustrating. But, you know, knew that, you know, at least in the offseason, I'll have a chance to go and hopefully work out and get it all, you know, resolved, and which they did. And, uh, you know, 95 came around and, you know, I found myself back in the big leagues again. Yeah, your first big league opening day roster. Was there kind of a cool moment where you found out you were going up there? And what do you remember about that? I remember that, and I remember uh, uh, going and staying in, uh, you know, kind of got with uh, uh, friends with Greg Gagne, you know, the shortstop, and ended up going to uh, to his house and staying there before opening day, you know, right before the opening day. And, uh, you know, the worst part about it was, and, and you know, not too many know this, but, you know, the very first opening day, uh, I had uh, come down from upstairs from his house and uh, had this unbelievable pain in my chest. This is opening day. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, what's going on in my chest? You know, it felt like a heart attack. I didn't know what was going on. So I go to go to the field and end up playing. And then uh, I don't know if you got all that on there, but, you know, ended up uh, getting injured. You yeah. know, and I didn't even realize what was going on with me. What was it? What happened? Well, what happened was, and, you know, what happened was, was uh, at the time, you know, I was a skinny, skinny kid, you know, a skinny player. I wasn't a very big guy. Uh, so what happened was I had a spontaneous pneumothorax, which means <clears throat> my lung collapsed. Um, just just being skinny, what happens is my lung would rub up against my uh, my ribs, and it would cause a, it caused a blister on my on oh. my lung, and that and that blister popped, and basically my lung, my right lung, actually collapsed. And I actually played about two weeks of that season with one lung. And, uh, you know, it, what happened, you know, it was kind of crazy because, you know, after that first week, you know, I started getting where I was coughing, this dry cough. I, I couldn't run, you know, 30, 30 yards without being out of breath. And, you know, my trainers really didn't know what it was. And they just said, oh, you must have, you know, some case of pneumonia. So um, I'm playing this first week and I'm doing well. You know, <laughs> um, I'm starting off good and I'm hitting good and, I'm actually doing pretty good, you know, but uh, had had my uh, my lung uh, had collapsed on me, and I didn't realize what was going on, you know. I ended up going to uh, playing in Minnesota, playing against the uh, the Twins, and I think I hit another home run off Taffney that day. <laughs> uh, get around third base, I'm running home, and I get in the dugout, and I'm almost collapsed because I can't even breathe. I'm out of breath, and I'm like, what in the world's going on? You know, I was just I just didn't understand it, what was going on, and we flew to Chicago after that series and uh, was getting loose uh, for the game. And I just went in the trainer's room and said, listen, something's not right. You know, you, you can know sometimes when, you know, whether it's a cold or whatever. But I just knew it. You know, two weeks had passed, and I didn't know what was going on. And I said, hey, something's not right. I said, well, they had, you know, Chicago had a uh, X-ray machine in their uh, clubhouse area, so they did an X-ray, and they saw my total right lung was totally collapsed. And they ended up uh, sending me to the hospital and getting it all pumped back up. But uh, that was a little scary, scary time. I didn't know about that. Wow, I never heard yeah. about that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. No one, uh, you know, it's. I spent shoot. I spent five days uh, in a hospital there in Chicago. Uh, basically, they stuck a tube in my side and blew it back up. And they, you know, what happens is they they let it uh, scar tissue you know, uh, mend over the, the little the blister and it just kind of sealed itself. But uh, yeah, that's. Uh, 
yeah, a lot of you know, no, no one really knew knew that. You know, it's opening day, and I, you know, I, I like I said, at the whole two weeks, I was raking, I was hitting good, and <laughs> the reason why is because I was so worried about my lungs, I wasn't even thinking about anything else, you know, which was good. But uh, yeah, so I spent a uh, spent a week there and uh, got back, and uh, uh, Bob Boone was our manager, and I was doing so well at the time before it happened that I said, uh, he said, well, how do you feel? And I said, well, I feel great. I said, you know. Hey, I want to. I don't want to go down, which I probably should have, you know, because I was sitting so well. I don't want to go down. I want to uh, just, you know, get back after it, you know. But I had missed a week of, uh, of I think about two weeks really, and I uh, just wanted to to get back at it to get get my keep my swing going. But uh, I was off. I couldn't get it going again. You know, that that, that downtime kind of killed me a little bit. Man, a couple. So, you had a couple of freakish health issues there in a two-year span. That sucks. I did. Yeah. You know, it happened to me again later in my career, and I ended up having a having a surgery. There's a surgery that goes where you uh, where you scar the uh, scar the uh, long outer lining of the lung that keeps it from uh, from uh, causing a blister. So, yeah, a little freakish thing, you know. Man, well, it was crazy. So you spent uh, a little bit of that '95 season in Omaha too. I wanted to ask you, you know, I grew up around there, so I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. what it was like playing at Rosenblatt Stadium and your brief times in Omaha. What you remember? Oh well, I I, I remember, you know. The, Playing there, very nice stadium, nice town, uh, big, another uh, pretty good size of field. You know, ball ball really carry out of there, which was nice to hit. You know, uh, you know, but center field was really really big, uh, big, big area. But uh, you know, I remember having to go during the College World Series. You know, having to pack up all your stuff for a whole month and being on the road for a month to to allow the College World Series. So that's kind of that was kind of neat. You know, but uh, you know, being on the road for a month was a little tough. But uh, you know, not you know, loved it. You know, all, all the organizations and roles were were very good. And you know, just uh, you know, uh, your, first, your first organization, you know, is it's always there's always something special to your first organization and all the places that you go. You yeah. Know? Well, September eighth of ninety five, Juan Samuel comes over from the Tigers for a player to be named later. And six days later, we find out that that is you. So I mean, your yeah. thoughts and emotions on that day, and, and how'd you find the news out? remember hearing it and then uh i think joe klein was the uh was the gm with the with the with the tigers and he he had made the move and uh he had you know he he really liked me and you know was uh, wanting me to come over there and uh you know i was uh i was okay with it just because you know i think the royal at the time in 95 the royals were going with some other younger players you know that's when you know uh 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 you know Tucker and all these other guys that got brought up, Randa and uh, all these guys. So they were going young, uh, which was good. Uh, but uh, you know, you, you're a little disappointed at time at the time, you know. But uh, you know, you're 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 excited about a new new change and then and you know what you know what it brings for you. So and then you know it's just kind of exciting going to uh, training and then seeing new players and new coaches. You got a September call-up that year, 96 with Detroit. But before we talk about that, your line that year, man, 42 home runs, 119 uh, no. RBIs, 870 OPS for Toledo. What clicked for you that year? You know, I, I just think it's, you know, it's just, you know, I talk about, you know, being a late bloomer and maturity. You know, I was just, a, I, you know, I was still developing as a player and still, you know, getting, uh, you know, still getting uh, stronger and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, you know, that was the year. And then you know, talk about fielding-wise, you know, I go to spring training with Detroit and uh, really didn't really know what I was going at. Was I an outfielder? Was I an infielder? I really didn't know, you know. So I go there and, uh, you know, I've been pretty much playing outfield the year before. 
so I go there, and they're saying, hey, we want you to play some third in spring training. I'm like, gosh, I don't really uh, have a dang third base glove. And, you know, I'm in, in spring training, which was kind of neat. And now uh, with, with one of my hometown buddies, Travis Ryman. So, you know, Travis is there with me, and uh, you know, which makes it a little bit better spring training. And he gives me a baseball glove, uh, one of his one of his backup gloves to play third base. You know, and he's, he's uh, talked to me over there at third. And he kind of points something out with my fielding that kind of clicked and he talked about, you know, with the fingers down thing that I talked about a minute ago. And, you know, I ran, I ran with that, just that little uh, bit of advice and uh, really had an unbelievable fielding year that year, you know, actually kind of actually learned how to play third base that year. And, uh, you know, the numbers wise, hitting wise, uh, it was just one of those unconscious years where the ball just looks like a balloon to you, yeah. you know, and you just, you just hit everything, you know, it doesn't matter what they're throwing. You just hit everything, you know, so that was uh, that was exciting, and a little bit disappointed at that year. You get called up, like you said. I get called up, and I'm thinking, you know, that was the year that Trammell was retiring for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. So not even probably about two weeks before he retires, they moved Travis from third base over to shortstop. I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> I'm going up there. Travis is going to be at short. I'm going to be at third. This is great. I'm pumped, you know. So I get called up, and uh, – I just really didn't even play third base, not not even one time. I'm like, what in the world? They had brought Phil Nevin up. He had been catching all year in double A with the Tigers, and they brought him up and put him at third base. I'm like, what in the world's going on? You know, and I, you know, I did get my pinch hit roll here and there. You know, actually, you know, when uh, Clemens struck out 20 that year, yeah. I was 19. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was actually saw that the other day on YouTube. Yeah, I was 19 and Travis was 20. <laughs> so that was kind of neat, but uh, uh, but what had happened was uh, a Japan team was interested in me, and that's what what had happened. They had sold my contract to Japan, and they weren't going to play me much in case you know, so I wouldn't get hurt. So that's kind of they had they had other ideas in mind. I had ideas of playing third, and they had ideas of shipping me over to Japan. What? Oh, they can just do that? Like they can almost just send you there without you caring? Pretty much. I mean, they, really? they they sold my contract to the Japanese, and you know you can either you can accept it, but I mean if you don't, then then you're going to, you know, they'll just release you and, you know, you'll just be another minor league free agent, you know, trying to find a team. So uh, that's kind of kind of the boat that I was in, you know. So, but uh, it was okay. I was kind of excited about that. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was a little different, you know. Yeah, what was that year like over there? I was going to ask you about Oh, that. it was unbelievable. I loved it. Really? It was so neat. Oh, it was so, it was so neat just to see in the culture and, you know, how baseball is over there. It's just totally, totally different. You know, than than in the states, and uh, they're just so passionate over there, and and you know, Japanese players just really, really work, work, work. You know, I mean, their motto is they're going to outwork you. You know, they they might come in 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 between innings and smoke two cigarettes in between innings, <laughs> but they're going to go back out there. They're going to outrun you. That's how it was. I mean, every inning they come in and be down in the tunnel, smoking cigarettes. Boom, 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 boom. They're going back out there and just outworking you. It's crazy. It's so fun, but it was just just the culture and you know just going from town to town and it's just it's, baseball over there is just a big deal. You know, you're almost a rock star as if you're an American over there playing. So it was kind of neat. How was the food? Food was tough. Uh, you know, it's a funny story. You know, it was kind of neat. Was when we went over there, we actually wrote newspaper articles for the local paper, Pensacola News Journal. Oh, cool. And every and I have people to this day coming up to us and saying. 
man, I remember those articles you wrote from your experience in Japan. That was the, we looked forward to that every Sunday, and we did. We wrote our, you know, Phil Misty's experience, my wife Misty, you know, their experiences in Japan, and, and you know, we just just the stories that we would tell, you know, like, uh, you know, with the manager taking us out for the first time, you know, and and you know, having this real elaborate, you know, dinner, you know, probably two hundred dollars a plate dinner. You know that we're eating, and it's you know we're sitting there eating this look like this little thin steak looking stuff, and and them saying, you know, you got to try it raw. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing eating raw stuff? And it's like, I said, what is this? And they say it's cow tongue. I'm like, oh my gosh, really? Sorry, I'm eating cow tongue and all these stuff that I can't even pronounce. And uh, we're just like looking at each other and like, oh, you can't, you can't say nothing. It's just so rude to do that. And like, oh, just you just gotta go with it. You <laughs> know, so. But uh, the travel was nice, and you know, you had a, we had a had a uh, translator that translated everything, and, and and you know, took me every place, and it was just it was just such a good experience, you know, and uh, you know, baseball playing, and the, you know, players were so good over there, you know, and you know, Ichiro was over there at the time, and there was this talk about him coming over and playing, and all the position players were just waiting for him to come over. That's the whole thing. When each row came over, then it was going to allow the other position players. They just wanted to see how well he would do over there. You know, the pitchers were already there. No more. And some pitchers were already there. But they were just waiting for each row to come over for position-wise. Now, how come they want to come to America? Is it pay a lot better? Is it kind of like a, an ego thing? or what? Actually, no. I mean, them, them Japanese, they, 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 they live like rock stars over there. I mean, they're just driving Ferraris and really? all kinds of things. I mean, they're, they're, they do pretty well over there. You know, it's just a different, uh, you know, different different type of living over there, you know, but I, I think, I think why they want to come over is because they want to see their, see how their skills stack up. They, they know that the American baseball is better, you know, but they just want to see whether they could uh, compete over here. You know, if they, if they could play over here, you know, I look at uh Japanese ball as being uh, above triple A and being just below big leagues, yeah. you know, not much. Cause there are some players that, as you see all these, good players coming over here now, you know, that, that can play over here, you know, and, and there's probably still more of them over there that can come over. Man, there might be a more influx of them coming over. You know, they just, uh, you know, fundamentally, they're going to do the right things and they're going to hit the ball. You're not going to blow up by them. They're going to put the ball in play uh, and they're not going to make many mistakes, you know. Ninety-eight to two thousand. You're playing at AAA for Cleveland, Cincinnati, Colorado, but no call-ups. But during that stretch, a combined eighty-five home runs, two hundred thirty-seven RPIs, uh, RBIs, not RPIs. <laughs> OPS yeah. over eight hundred and nine hundred a couple years. So I mean, from ninety-eight to two thousand, how frustrating was it to not get the call to the big leagues? And I mean, how were you able to kind of put the anger aside and stay focused on the goal at hand? It was tough, you know. When I came back from Japan, it was tough. I actually, had, you know, tough finding a job. To be honest with you, really, I ended up going to uh, signing with the Yankees in spring training when I came back. Uh, you know, I don't know if that was in there, but you no. know, I signed with the Yankees. Yeah, I signed with the Yankees and ended up getting released in after spring training with the, with the Yankees. Here I'm over in Japan and getting released, but you know, uh, Yankees felt bad, which is a uh, class organization. They felt bad and ended up paying me until I got picked up by another team, which was kind of nice. I was I was really impressed with that. They didn't have to do that, but they ended up paying me, you know, until I got picked up, which didn't you know didn't take long for Cleveland to pick me up. And ended up going to uh, to Buffalo and you know, I think hitting 31 home runs in that short uh, short time there. So uh, uh, didn't really think I really had a chance with that with that club getting caught up. Thought maybe 
you know, you get 31 home runs or something that, you know, usually teams will, will uh, you know, reward you and, and give you at least a September call-up. But it didn't happen, and I was a little frustrated with that. But, uh, you know, 99 ended up going with the uh, Reds and had uh, my – Ended up in spring training, uh, running the first. Uh, some uh, they had to, I forget who it was, but uh, there was a catcher playing first, and ended up uh, uh, he kind of was over the bag and tripped me up at first, and uh, ended up breaking my wrist, you know, in spring training. So that set me uh, set me down for I think it was till maybe July, I think it was of '99 season, before I got back to playing then again, and I went to Indianapolis and finished up there. And did well while I was there, but uh, here I am just going year to year, you know, signing uh, free agent, you know, minor league contracts. And then uh, 2000, uh, I think 2000 probably was the most frustrating year for me just because, you know, it was with the Rockies. Ended up going to uh, Colorado Springs and uh, hitting uh, 36 and I think 118 or something that year. Uh, and hit three 300, I think, that year. And I thought for sure that I would uh, – Kind of get a call up with that team just because the you know, team wasn't you know that well at the time and thought you know I could fit in pretty good here, but uh, kind of got a feeling towards the end of the end of the season that I wasn't even going to get called up you know, so uh, I kind of had that feeling. You can kind of tell when you're going to how you're kind of treated a little bit just whether you're going to get called up or not. But uh, you know I I, I kind of knew I wasn't so you know that that those three years there were frustrating for me. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, 2001, yeah. you you know made a good choice and things worked out decent for you. You went uh, first of two seasons in the Dodgers organization. Now Las Vegas, yeah. you hit 44 jacks in 2001, 23 and 02. But let's talk about 01 first in particular. You made another sure. opening day roster that year for the Dodgers. You played regularly at third and first base in both the month of April and the month of September that year. So your, your favorite memories of playing in LA for the Dodgers? Wow, just being in L.A. and seeing uh, playing in that stadium, uh, just uh, you know the the infield, how nice the infield was. You know, and this is uh, you know what happened was that season was uh, you know Beltre had appendicitis, you know, in spring training, and uh, you know the having to you know try to get his strength back up from that. And then uh, uh, Tim Bogar was our uh, they had him uh, was going to be playing third, and actually same kind of situation with. Uh, with uh, Keith Miller is with Bogar. Bogar hurt. I think it might have been his hamstring, I believe, <laughs> at the time, and uh, allowed me to get some playing time and then did well in September. I mean, in April, and went back. Uh, of course, uh, Beltray had came back, and, you know, I'm the fall guy, so I had to go back down, uh, which was I kind of knew that was going to happen. But, uh, you know, Beltray started and uh, started doing well. But, you know, went back to uh, to Las Vegas and, uh, shoot, I want to say in, in right at May, you know, and was there four months, uh, May, June, May, June, July, and August, four months, and just had a just a terror of a season. Hit 44 home runs and uh, 99 RBIs, one short of 100, and then I won the uh, I, uh, PCL, I mean the MVP that year in yeah. that league, and then in the '96 season I won the IL MVP that year too. So you know, it's kind of neat winning two. Uh, MVPs for uh, both both the IL and MVP was kind of neat, but uh, got called up in September. Uh, did okay, uh, you know, just uh, kind of pinch hit roles and and, and uh, some defensive specialty stuff, you know, spelling Caros a little bit, but you know, had, you know, it's kind of crazy because now I was actually a defensive specialist. I worked my way to be a, a pretty good fielder, and you know, playing third base, you know, in that April, I mean, I was gold over there at third base. I just had made some great plays and really could play and um, uh, just uh, just 
just you know phenomenal year that year. You know, kind of like I said when I went down to AAA, I just don't remember anything. It was just a blur. You know, it was just uh, did real well. And Jim Tracy was my manager with the Dodgers, and he loved me and uh, just uh, you know he he really you know took care of me. So I, I loved it. Speaking of uh, you know being good at third base and playing third base, I just now thought of this. Do you remember that baseball card of you with the Royals where you're diving and there's like three different pictures of 3D, you? 3D, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I get a lot of those. Still get a lot of those in the mail, you know, and uh, you'll still get a lot of fan mail. People want me to sign that that card. That's oh, really? Neat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I get yeah I get fan mail. Yeah, I still people send it to my house here, and I still uh, sign fan mail and send it off. But yeah, that's a, that was a neat card. Yeah, it's a, I don't I don't see many of those like that, you know. Yeah, I just I don't know how I just remembered that, but from my childhood, I think I had like ten of them. So <laughs> that's funny. It's funny because I think I made that play, and I think I threw that ball up in the in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. What uh, funny. now? So what about Las Vegas? I mean, was it? Yeah. Did you spend any time on the strip there? Was it tough focusing ever or not? No, you know it's it's funny because I didn't spend any time there really. The strip, you know. Really. The, you know, I just was you uh, when I played. It was just ball. I mean, I'd really. I, I played ball. I went to the hotel. I, I watched Sports Center, and I went to sleep. You know, Las Vegas. See, you're playing in 115 degree weather and stuff. You know, you can't be. You know, you're you're getting wore out. You know, it was so hot there. You know, everybody said, "Oh, it's a dry heat." Well, yeah, it's a dry heat, like a hair dryer blowing on you. You know, it's, it's, I don't care if it's dry or humid; it's still hot. You know, uh, it was it was. But you know, you had the same kind of fan base as we talked about with Baseball City. Mm-hmm. The exact same. Maybe maybe. 200 fans in the stands, you know? <laughs> Who's going to come to a baseball game when you got the Bellagio over there? Right. No chance, you know? So it wasn't really a big fan base, uh, but, uh, but but a great experience, like I said, and then just like I said, had a, had a phenomenal year and uh, just really, really did well and uh, got called back up in, in uh, 2001 and uh, you know, spent the last September in there. And, uh, but uh, it, was, it was a good, good time. 2003 AAA Iowa for the Cubs, 2004 New Orleans AAA for Houston. You mashed home runs. You finished your minor league career with 314 home runs. So following 2004, you gave it one last shot. You were 36, and you went to spring training with the Nationals, and then you yeah. hung them up at that point. Was that was that tough, easy? What, what was that like? It was tough. It really was tough. Uh, being in spring training with the Nationals, and you know they called me, and uh, I think Jim Bowden was the manager, and said, "Hey, we, we'd like to have you down here. It's the first year with the Nationals." I'm like, "Well, well, that's neat. You know, new new team, new club. Uh, you know, maybe have a good chance to maybe make this club." And basically, that wasn't in their um, in their mind. Yeah, you ended up trying to. They sent me down like the first cut, and the minor league spring training hadn't even started yet. So I was just a very very disappointed and upset with that situation just because, you know, just because of the time that I had played, playing the game, you, you know, I've, I've never, you know, witnessed uh, a player that had played, you know, 15 years that gets in now on the first cut. And, you know, usually you just keep them there, at least for a little bit longer than that, and just kind of was upset with that. But, you know, I knew it was getting to be time. You know, I, uh, you know the numbers were kind of dropping a little bit, and, uh, you know, the family was at the house, and, uh, you know, I just knew it was time to make a change. I didn't see see me getting back up in the big leagues with another club. And, you know, it was kind of neat playing in New Orleans with the with Astros because that was close to home. I was able to come home. That was, and I think that's where the Nationals ended up being. So it's kind of one of the reasons why I signed with those was to get back. You know, could could at least spend some more time at home. But uh, you know, we had plans to uh, to do the family entertainment center like we talked about, and uh, it was just it was just time to move on. You know, I, I don't regret doing it then. You know. 
but I, you know, but when I see players and you know, I have players that in my academy, I tell them that are still playing, hey, you got to play as long as you can, because I see so many guys that you know kind of quit for the wrong reasons sometimes, you know, yeah. whether they miss home and all that stuff. But you know, for me, it was I was going to play as long as I could play, you know, and that's just it was just time to to do it. But it, you know, it's when you when you grow up when you're four years old and you play baseball from t-ball and that's all you know. You know, it's it's tough. You know, you get home, and you're like, okay. You know, luckily I had a plan, but you know, with some players that you know, what do you do? You know, that's all you know. That's all you. That's all that you've done for your you know your whole life. You know, is baseball. You know, so it's it's tough to not see yourself as a baseball player. I mean, I think that was the toughest thing was you know you know not getting ready for spring training. You know, and and starting January and getting you know ready and getting ready for spring training and all that stuff. You know, because it's been a routine of mine for you know 14, 13 years. You know, that was that was tough. You know, when spring training first spring training rolled around and I wasn't going anywhere. It's like man, I just, you know, it just felt different. You know, it's like gosh, what I do. You know, that that's that's how you identify yourself sometimes as you you're a baseball player. Yeah. You know, so it's a uh, it's tough and it's just tough. It's tough for a lot of a lot of a lot of players. You know. They get done playing the game, you know. They just uh, that's that's how they see themselves, and they're like, oh, what do I do?" You know. So you gotta have a plan, you know. After you get done playing, so. Yeah. But uh, did you ever? But, you know, I you know, and it's tough. I you know, I very rarely get to see a lot of games because I'm doing so much stuff with with academy and you know with my with my kids and stuff. But uh, you know, it's tough. But I, I still see some guys that I that I play with, and and looking at the coaching staff of the Royals, God, I'm so happy for those guys. Jersh, you know, Jersh is one was one of my, my was one of my managers. Yeah. You know, Jersh and you know Island Dave. You know, I played against him with Tampa, and he was with the uh, Yankees and the Devil Rays, and and Dale. I think I played against him a few times. So I'm seeing all these coaches, you know, that are still with the organization and just so happy. And Art Stewart, you know, I see him up there to play the box, and yep. uh, you know, it's just so good seeing those coaches that that hung around with the Royals. And uh, you get rewarded in being in the big leagues, and uh, that's that's you know that, that's that's kind of neat to see, you know. Hey, did you know that Art has a book out now? It came out about two months ago called "The Art of Scouting." It's a great baseball book. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I should check that out. That's neat. Yeah, Art was there when I was there, and he'd come in and talk to us, and you know, talk to the players, and you know, he's man, he's been around the game a long time, so you know, it's. Uh, like I said, it's great to see that Kansas City do do what they're doing, and you know, you, you know, definitely I'll be pulling for them. You know, it's kind of hoping to be the you know, highway series with the Royals yeah. and the, the Cardinals. That would have been kind of neat, you know. Yeah. But uh, but uh, it didn't happen. But you know, we'll see. And I hope hopefully they'll the Royals will come out and doing like they've been doing and put it on them. Let's hope. Well, last three or four yeah. things for you here. Sure. Uh, sure now, this is kind of a deep question, but I always, me yeah. personally, thought maybe you didn't get the bats you probably deserved at the major league level. You never really got yeah. much of a sample size to to yeah. you know produce or to fail at that level. Uh-huh. But now I've read articles where you're kind of somebody that's used as a, is like so you have that stupid stereotype of like the four A player, right? So people are like, yep. oh, he's too, yep. he's too good for the triple A and not good enough for the majors and like yep. did, you, did you feel like you were kind of stereotyped like maybe around 30, 31, 32 or they just said he's a four A player? I mean, how how frustrating is that and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, at the time I did, but uh, you know, and now I know the reason why it happened was and this is this is in you know just having time to think about it and and knowing exactly you know what what the problem was you know and being in the position that I am right now as being a uh, you know being a uh, teacher of uh, baseball and, and teacher of hitting you know uh, 
like I said, I had some God-given ability, and, and quick. I had a quick bat, okay? The reason why I was a 4A player is, you know, I my, my baseball swing was not fundamentally uh, sound, okay? Looking, I mean, I look at my tapes of my baseball swing. Uh, you know, defensively, I was fine. I mean, I could have played outfield in the big leagues, and, and you know, I ran well enough to stay in the big leagues, but hitting-wise, I wasn't able to stay. And the reason why is because of what my swing did, and and my the the fundamental of my swing. You know, my my swing was not uh, where it should have been. You know, and and not knowing other hitters and not knowing. You know, uh, you know, we got so much video now. You know, with hitters and stuff, and and uh, I have so much video on hitters and the elite players in the game, and, and know exactly what they do to hit. You know. That's why I know that I wasn't wasn't able to stay around and because I didn't do what the good hitters did. You know, I was I you know where my hand started. Okay, where you know I didn't have a load with my front leg. You know, my first move was forward. I carried my hands with me. You know, that just those things right there allowed me not to see the ball. Allowed me to you know strike out a lot, which I did. You look at my thing. I struck out a lot, but there was a reason why I struck out is because. I didn't have the technique that I needed to hit. Now, if I now, you know, I I say that now. If I had the technique that I know now, you know, if I was to go back and 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 hit right now, I actually hit better now at 45 than I did back then. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, if I could get and hit right now, and you know, not that I have the strength that I did, but you know, I know hitting right now. I've you know broke it down many times for kids and you know videos and you know I I know what it takes to be an elite hitter, you know, that's, that's why I didn't. But I wouldn't you know, change anything. You know, I was, got to experience some great things, you know, playing. But that's the reason why I was a 4A player, you know. I mean, physically, my arm was good enough. So I had a cannon for an arm. I could run, you know. I, you know, Not a lot of people knew this, but I ran a 6'5", 60. You did? You know, that's, that's pretty fast. You know, it's my first spring training. We had all the spring training uh, people out there. We, this was... This was in Kansas City, and we had a, a big race at the end of spring training. You'll know, find out who the fastest per people in our whole spring training. You know, I'm talking AAA, AA, which called. I was the third fastest person in our camp. You know, Jeez. I could run. You know, and and Hal and all those guys knew that I could run. You know, I had 28 bags that one year, a ball. But you know, that part of it, I had no problem with the you know the the uh, you know fielding all that stuff. It was just the hitting that gave me trouble, and that was because I didn't really know. Honestly, I really didn't know how to hit. I had God given ability, like I said. I could, I had good bat speed, and I could get away with some things. But you know, uh, but once the big league pitchers, you know, start finding out what you can't do, then you know, I wasn't in a position to make to make those adjustments. Now, but you still put up the numbers at AAA. Did anybody ever tell you that was the reason that you weren't getting called? AAA in the big leagues is a pretty big difference. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, uh, you you AAA and big leagues are a big difference. You know. Uh, you know, but but looking at it, I made some good adjustments after I was out of the big leagues. You you got to think about this. I never went to AAA until 1996. That's true. I had been in and out of the big leagues, you know, before you know, I mean, out of the big leagues, and you know, before I even got to AAA. So that kind of hurt me a little bit. You know, I was I was actually getting up to the big leagues was great, but getting there too early was was not good. Right. You know, I'm saying I wasn't mentally uh, ready to be in the big leagues at the time. Uh, you know, physically, you know, still, you know, buck 90, you know, 200 pounds, you know, wasn't really uh, physically ready to be there. But, you know, I 
found myself in 2001 back in the big leagues and doing well, but still, you know, this the swing was not quite where it needed to be. You know what I'm saying? I still had the same flaws that I had, uh, but I was just, a, you know, a little bit bigger and stronger. But, you know, it's, it's just it really is, you know, looking at those guys hit, and I could spend all day talking to you hitting because that's what I do now. I mean, I teach, I, mean, I do lessons, you know, uh, five days a week and, and teaching kids how to hit. You know, I could talk all day hitting and, and break down a swing, you know, just real, real easy. You know, and I know what those guys do. I just didn't do that, okay? That was the thing. I didn't do what the good hitters do. What all major league hitters do at a certain point, you know what I'm saying? When that foot front, front, when that front foot's down, they all get into a position to hit the ball. And it's and it's they pretty ninety nine percent of them are in that position. They may start funky, but when that front foot gets down, they're in a good position to hit. So, you know, just uh, that was the thing, and uh, you know, I don't regret it. You know, uh, I don't regret anything that happened, and uh, just uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't that I was just uh, a four A player. You know, I could have been a, a, a could have spent many years if I had just uh, known really how to hit. You know, and, and maybe spent a little more time. You know, we'd have all the video back then. But you know, maybe just kind of re- you know try to research it a little bit better, and, and you know try to try to figure it out a little bit better. Fair enough. So, yeah, have you uh, ever been back to Kansas City since you left? No, I haven't. I would love to get back uh, in the next few days. <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't. And uh, you know, I, you know, I plan on doing that, taking my boy and uh, making a little trip and uh, showing the stadium and stuff. I, I love to see the new changes. I haven't been there since the new changes of the stadium and everything, but. Uh, I'd love to get back there and uh, maybe make a little road trip and you know take the family there and, and watch a few games. Maybe we'll do that next year or something. Yeah, after the world champions, that'd be nice. Yes, that'd be that'd be great. So, <laughs> your favorite memories of Kansas City, both on and off the field. Favorite memories? Uh, it's got to be playing with the players that I played with. Uh, you know, not not one specific memory. Playing with George, uh, playing against uh, the Ripkins and the Pluckets and. All these Hall of Fame players uh, being part of history, you know, uh, uh, you know, with the Dodgers, you know, playing third base when you know Barry hit his 500 home run, and playing third base when Barry hit number 73, you know, just different little things like that that I always will remember. Uh, being in the dugout when uh, Murray hit his 500 home run in Baltimore, uh, Kansas City wise, it has to be just playing with the players that I played with. And uh, you know, experience in the town, and uh, just how how nice Kansas City was, and just how 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 nice the fans were, and uh, just uh, you know, like I said, it's just really good to, uh, to for them to experience what they're experiencing now, and just really look forward to the series. And uh, you definitely will be probably pulling for them. You know, even when they won the when they clinched, you know, I was watching that game, and you know, you know, I had chills. I actually, you know, I felt like I was out there on the field. You know. Not that I was, but you know, you have that feeling, you have that still, you have that uh, that love for the team that drafted you, and you, you want to see them do well. Because you know, I, you know, realistically, they got me started, you know, in baseball. You know, so you always are very thankful for that, and thankful for the front office, office people and everybody that that coached you along the way. And uh, you know, you just uh, you never really have time to thank them, but yeah, I do thank all those all those coaches and and uh, that that. You know, helped me along the way and uh, have been there for me. So, you know, but uh, Kansas City will always be, uh, you know, the, the start of my career and a special, uh, special place for me. 
Which Royals teammates were you uh, closest with, uh, you know, with, when you came through the system, and sure. maybe even guys who didn't make the major leagues and guys who did? And then do you still keep in touch with any of your old Royals teammates even today or not? Well, uh, you know, at the time, uh, you know, you know, kind of Gagney and those guys. When I got back up there in 95, Gagney and uh, Gaetti kind of took me under their wing a little bit and uh, kind of, you know, uh, brought me along a little bit that year. Uh, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, Brian McRae, kind of, we, you know, all the wives and stuff kind of hung out together. So we kind of hung out together. And, you know, Chris Haney was with us. You know, and Chris was another guy that I kind of hung out with. And uh, Billy Brewer, he came along at the time, you know. You know, so it was just, so just, just, you know, there wasn't really, uh, you know, main people that we hung out with. It just, you know, the team just kind of, you know, all hung out together and uh, uh, just, uh, you know, just had a good time with all those guys. You know, it was just uh it was a good team, and, you know, we just, uh, looking at it, you know, we had some pretty good talent on that team. You know, we had David Cohn and Montgomery and Gooby and Gubazal and all those guys with Apier. And so we had a very, very good team and talented team. I just wish we would have won and did a little better. But um, it was just uh, it was just a fun year. And like I said, you'll, you'll always, I'll always remember my first year in the big leagues. You know, it was just uh, it was overwhelming, but it was uh, still, it was, it was, it was, well, last thing I have for you, I guess. I mean, you've kind of sure. already talked about it, but anything else you'd like to say to Royals fans listening right now? In summary, just I'm just excited about uh, about what they're getting ready to experience, and it's been a long time coming. Uh, you know, uh, I love that enthusiasm they have at the ballpark. You know, those you know those players do feed off of that. Uh, it does uh, it does pump them up? So you know, keep that up, and uh, hopefully you'll bring a championship uh, to Kansas City. That would be very, very nice. You know, it's like I said, it's a long time coming, and, and I think they got what it takes. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'll be glued to the TV set. I know that watching watching it and watching uh, all those old old guys that I've you know, managed me and played with, and, and hopefully, uh, like I said, we'll bring one back home. That'd be nice. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you back out here at some point in the next couple of years. And, you know, thank you on behalf of, of the Royals for all that you gave to the organization coming up, you know, through the minor leagues. And I still have great memories of watching you play out there. And so, you know, thanks uh, to all that you gave, you know, to help us get where we are today. And, you know, hopefully we'll see you out here one of these days again soon. That'll be great. I'd love to come there. We'll yeah. talk to you guys later. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you.